The Back to Work podcast with Josh Littick and Paul Petrucci is hosted exclusively on Anchor.fm and available on your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify. On this episode, Josh and Paul talk about the lives lost in the past week, both COVID-19 related and non-virus related. They will also discuss the recent controversies surrounding NASCAR driver Kyle Larson and will talk more about the sports world one month after the pandemic began. All that and more on episode two. Let's dig in. Back here on the Back to Work podcast, episode two. Josh Ledick here along with Paul Petrucci. Welcome in, Paul, for episode number two. Paul, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Josh. Uh, Week two, episode two. Um, You know, just trying to hang in there, make the time go by, you know. And like we said last week, this is a perfect way to do it. Just something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, we had some events to talk about. No sports actually going on yet. but. You know, we have a good agenda of things to talk about. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's been um, it's been weird. It's been crazy the last couple of weeks, and it's hard to believe that we're a month into this uh, quarantine thing that mm-hmm. we're going on here. And um, you know, it, it's it seems like it was you know five years ago when this whole thing started, and um, <laughs> it's hard to believe that uh, we're still at home and um, you know. I'm I'm I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready for life to get back to uh, normal a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's gonna feel so good once life is back to normal, and you could you know sit down in that restaurant you love to go to, or yeah. be with your friends, or whatever makes you happy. Right. I, I'm just trying to envision what that's gonna feel like that first time, you know, when everything's back. Yeah. It's gonna gonna gradually come back slowly with this going on. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you know, and peace. right right now it's just there's just a lot going on in the world that we live in. Um, Mm -hmm. Some good things and some not so good things, some sad things. Um, And I, I don't like to start the podcast off on a, on a rough note, but I figured we could go through the stuff that is sad first and then we can end on a happy note. And uh, maybe uh, these listeners will want to come back for more in episode three. um, I guess we'll just start off with the news out of uh, New York. Um, the other day, obviously, uh, Tuesday, um, this is not COVID-19 related at all, but I know for you personally, being a big Yankees fan, um, Mm -hmm. Hank Steinbrenner passed away, um, from, um, what was it? A, uh, you, do you know what it was thing, right? Yes. He's had a long-term illness. Um, but yeah. he, let's see, he died with an undisclosed illness I'm reading right now. Um, yeah, I saw so, something on, I saw something on, um, I mean, you don't want to trust Wikipedia, but I saw something on his Wikipedia page about uh, liver disease or something like that, yeah. a, a liver um, illness. Um, but I mean, let's just talk about the man himself. And obviously mm-hmm. the Steinbrenners have had a... Yeah, so impact on the Yankees franchise over the years. And, you know, the, they might be a controversial uh, bunch of people, but, you know, it's they, there's no doubt the impact that they had on the Yankees organization yeah, and just, the impact he had. 
the ownership that, you know, him and Hal have on the team, the aggressive style, bringing in players, you know, that's something when you see us, when George Steinbrenner died, that that's another day where, you know, you get, you get, you see Steinbrenner and the name is just different. It's a, it's a legacy. Yeah. Just like Hank has followed with George being aggressive. Uh, he was chairman for the Yankees co-owner with, along with Hal. I think, I believe Hal makes more of the moves with mm-hmm. the team, but just in general, seeing a Steinbrenner, you know, it sucks. It's tough to swallow. It, it, once I saw that, my, my heart went in my stomach, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially, uh, it feel, I'm not a Yankees fan, but it feels like yeah. the Yankees fans kind of, you know, gravitate towards certain people in the organization. And it feels like part of the, your family died when yeah, exactly. a writer passes away. It's just that right. kind of impact that that, that family mm-hmm. has had on, on it, the organization. Right. It, and, you know, there's a lot of really, really bad owners in sports, you know, mm-hmm. really bad. There's ones who are, are about the business of it and not really the success of the team. And the Steinbrenners have been one who's always been about, you know, the success of the team. You know, they go for it. They used to never, you know, they used to trade their rookies every year just to go for it. Yeah. And, you know, we're lucky we have the Steinbrenners still, um, mm-hmm. you know, owning our team because there's like i said ownership across the world is not yeah. you know there's only few elite owners you know right and and for hank and his persona i i i've read that he was known for having a reputation of being an outspoken individual mm-hmm. much like his dad george mm-hmm. um and but he also was not frequently seen around the team he was more kind of um he kind of did all of his stuff from afar like it mm-hmm. he wasn't like he wasn't a big part of the everyday process of working with the team mm-hmm. like like up close and personal but it just that it doesn't um degrade the the magnitude that he yes. had and and what people he, have different styles and that was that was his style you know like some people have to feel feel like they have to be there for every moment, scout every, you know, they have to be yeah. very controlling. And he, he had his own craft about how to, you know, go about creating the Yankees and, well, not creating the Yankees. Sorry. That was Building dumb. the Yankees. Building the Yankees. Molding sustaining, them. Yeah. Sustaining the Yankees. Right. Yeah, and, um, you know, when – compared to your other sports, the other, your other teams that you like mm-hmm. ownership is kind of hit or miss. Um, it's horrible. but you, but this having a, having an owner like the Steinbrenners, yeah. like, even though they're hated by a lot of other people, there's no mm-hmm. doubting that, um, they're one of the best around and they're some of the best in the business. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Look, thinking of my favorite teams, I wish the Steinbrenners could buy the New York Jets, you know? Like, maybe mm-hmm. they would finally win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, which I'm still hoping for. But, yeah, you know, the Yankees, they're not cheap. They're an expensive franchise, so I don't know if they would be – they definitely – they probably could go buy the Jets, but I don't think the Johnsons are going to be selling anytime soon, unfortunately. Right. 
Um, and then you mentioned that Hank, um, even though he did pass away, he it's still run by the, the Steinbrenners. They still have Hal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But just on your on your own personal thing, like what what does what does this mean for the Yankees franchise moving forward? Obviously, a big loss, mm-hmm. and right now mm-hmm. it's kind of hard that. You know, usually when an owner or beloved general manager mm-hmm. passes away during a season, like during yeah. a season, they're, they're playing and they're able to like season. go through it and process yeah. it that way. But right now, yeah. everyone is quarantined and in their houses, they're not. They're yeah. everybody's dealing with it in their own way. Yeah. Well, I would I would think the team is going to honor him with a patch for the for the remainder of the season. You know, yep. something such as that nature. Um, I mean, maybe they can play for Hank. Every everyone, every team has their motivation, you know? Right. So maybe they could take this and, you know, just because he's gone doesn't mean the Yankees the, – the Steinbrenner way is to play for, the, for those who have passed. That's the way the Steinbrenners would want it when they pass away, you know? Yep. Like the boss still looks down on this team. This right. is his team. Right. And he wants them to succeed year after year after year after year. And Very it's true. been a while, been a while since we've been to the promised land. But going into this season, it's we. This could be. We'll see. I don't want to say nothing because <laughs> it is a short. Know. It is a shortened season, so um, it, mm-hmm. it, it anything's possible. But um, but yeah, our heart goes out to the Steinbrenner family. Obviously, a big loss. Um, mm-hmm. a very sudden loss. Um, Hank Steinbrenner dead at sixty three. Um, mm-hmm. Hard, hard one to swallow for the Yankees fans around the world. Um, another big loss um, was in the NBA world the other day um, mm-hmm. as Carl um, Anthony Towns, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves center, um, his mother passed away on Monday from the coronavirus, um, battling it since um, the end of March. I think March 23rd, I think she was mm-hmm. diagnosed with it. Um, Obviously, this is this is big um, for yeah. the the whole COVID nineteen um, pandemic, yeah. and obviously, it's been taking people all over the world. But um, when it hits close to home in the sports world, especially a um, not even a player, but a player's family member, yeah. um, it, it, it's big deal. And I, I heard a lot about um, his mom and mm-hmm. and how he was, she was really was. really involved, like you know. Carl Towns, I, you know, big Kentucky fan. I've yeah watched him grow up. I've heard about him. He's he's actually from New Jersey, so okay. But you've seen the videos of him committing to Kentucky. She was right there on his shoulder. I heard a story the other day actually that Carl Towns' rookie year at in Minnesota, she didn't miss a game, home or road. So yeah, that just goes to show. And then what it. You see the video of Carl Town saying, "Please stay home. This is no joke." Yeah, extremely upset. Of both of, both of his parents had Corona, actually. Right. His yeah, I saw that. But I, that it just this is just a terrible time, and my heart yeah. goes out to Carl Towns. But like, when someone like this passes, I look to see like in a post or Twitter, just this, you know, something's going to come out eventually. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but that just shows me how he can't even function in his mind to do. It. He's probably. I hate to see this man. Yeah, you know it's tough, especially with this disease and what it's meant for, what it's done to people. Um, but 
for him, you like the, the season's on hold is he's another player that he's another, this is another sport where people deal with things their own way. And, um, you know, I I, I think he would much rather be dealing with this on the court than dealing with it in his own. Yeah. uh, There's no distractions really. Yeah. So, and know what else, Josh, he's basically, he's our age, you know, like, yeah, Yeah, it's it's all to have that on anyone our age and younger or just at any point of life is hard. So, yeah. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm not the, uh, I, I'd be, I'll be the first to say it. I'm not a Carl Anthony Towns fan. I'm not a, he's probably one of my least favorite players in the NBA. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I, I, I love the rivalry that he's had with Joel Embiid. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I can't even imagine losing a parent, especially that young for mm-hmm. him. Um, and you know, his mom was, uh, I think, fifty-seven or fifty-six, yeah, um, which is very similar to like my 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 parents. Um, right. My parents are around that age too, so mm-hmm. um, it that kind of just hit home to me. And um, you know, it, it just goes to show that anybody can get this disease and anybody can get this yeah. virus. And um, you have that, no idea of the effects that it could have on anyone. And right, I just it could be like I, a flu. It could be like a flu to one person. And then it could be like, you know, a very deadly disease to somebody else. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just, I know we're not a coronavirus podcast. We're a sports podcast and we we're talking about this, but you literally don't know the effects that this could have on me. Yeah. I just hope I know when this is going to go back to normal and it's when we find a vaccine and I look, I read articles about it every day, mm-hmm. pray for it every day. And that's when we'll get to this normalcy and hopefully that vaccine can save a lot of people's lives. Yeah, I agree. And um, like you said, we're not a coronavirus podcast, but right now in the sports world, unfortunately, this is what we have. And this is yeah. what we're talking about. It's just right. ravaging all every aspect of life right now. It doesn't matter if it's sports or business or, or the, um, you know, food or whatever. It's, it's all part of it. And uh, music, mm-hmm. you know, everything is affected by it. And um you know, it's hard for everybody, but for right now for sports, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is affecting everything. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the sooner we can get past it, the sooner, uh, we can get back to normal and hopefully mm-hmm. that means that a vaccine's coming, but, uh, but yeah. And then the final, um, uh, the third and final death from this week, obviously, uh, this morning, uh, on, th- uh, Thursday morning, um, found out in the, in the, uh, sports entertainment world that uh, beloved ring announcer, Hall of Fame um, announcer in the WWE, uh, Howard Finkel passed away um, from mm-hmm. a stroke, that, uh, complications of a stroke that he suffered about a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. Never was the same. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you and I are both WWE fans. Uh, we've both been following the sport for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was – Pre, he was before our time in, in that um, he was a big big time announcer in the 80s and the 90s but mm-hmm. um, he's made special appearances and at Wrestlemania yeah. over the years and um, he's got a voice that is unlike any mm-hmm. other and some call him one of the greatest ring announcers ever maybe yeah. the greatest ever so a uh, huge loss today I think at the age of 67 um, just your thoughts there, Paul, you know, obviously, uh, the, the thing I mean, is a guy that everybody's, yeah. that is, yeah, he's a, he's definitely a well-known broad 
broadcast or announcer for the WWE that he, he definitely doesn't. I mean, I'm sure people above our age are definitely more impacted by this than we probably are. Right. But that doesn't go to, you know, his career speaks for itself in the WWE and, uh, you know, the people who came after him, definitely like Michael Cole, um, JR, you know, they all, you know, he paved the way for how successful they are right now, you know? Right. So, yeah, not only was he a, a long tenured guy in the WWE is at, at, in terms of being a ring announcer, but mm-hmm. he also, um, you know, he's, I think he's the long, he was the longest tenured employee in the company uh, mm-hmm. Hired in 19, uh, 1975 um, with the WWF Worldwide Wrestling Federation um, for Vince McMahon Senior, and um, and then he was a ring announcer since '77. But he had multiple behind the scenes things over the years um, uh, mm-hmm. since until his death. So obviously, the impact that he had is bigger than anybody really imagined. Um, mm-hmm. You don't really get to see that kind of loyalty to a company anymore and right. to put in 40 plus years out in one place mm-hmm. is something that's you're never going to see again. Yeah. And for the WWE, nothing less too. That's the, the Mecca of professional wrestling. So yeah, that's, that's a, quite an impressive accomplishment to be there for 40 years and, you know, not yep. many, not anyone can say that, honestly, not right. one person. <laughs> Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's tough, and um, but you know, we're our heart goes out to the Finkel family and um, and to WWE as well. I mean, everybody's de- like we said before, we we're harping on it, but um, everybody's dealing with it in their own way. Um, but you know, with WWE, actually, this is I didn't have this on the original agenda, but we could just segue into it really quick mm-hmm. about the WWE. Um, I don't know if you saw the other day, but yeah, they furloughed a lot of, uh, they furloughed a lot of employees. They released a lot of superstars, uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then the day before that, um, Florida ruled the WWE as an essential business. in Florida. So your thoughts on that, man, obviously, you know, we love the WWE, but, um, who's to say that, you know, my fiance who works for an interior design company, um, she was furloughed and they were not ruled in the central business, but the WWE is no other sport league is, but the WWE is, is an essential business. I think honestly hearing when I first heard that I was like the Florida ruling them. I think that was them just basically being like, the people need this right now, WWE, something to look forward to and everything. Yeah. But with the furloughs, I'm I'm assuming they're going to be – it's with the fans not being – they put on show after show after show. Yeah. And also, we just saw the XFL owned by Vince McMahon too. The coronavirus literally killed the XFL. They, yeah. they and – and It's not even they're on a – it's not even that they're on a break. They're actually, like, not coming back. Right. Like right. it's, it's and done. Like I was, I watched a couple of games and it looked kind of promising. I like what they were doing. They were having betting lines on the scoreboard, like kick it returns were interesting. Yeah. And they're just gone. They're done. But that just goes to show you. And I've read that WWE own like 20% of the XFL. So, so for yeah. them to go bankrupt, be gone. The WWE is definitely hurting without the 
house shows. I mean, fans not being able to bring that because the WWE network, that's like their, their calling card right now. You know, that's, that's how people watch their pay-per-views. No one actually, no one really buys the pay-per-view by itself anymore. You know, like, yeah. So they're definitely losing a lot. So I understand where they're coming from to furlough a lot of their superstars and most of them on these shows, they're probably, they need to do such a good job on these shows now that they're not going to use most of the superstars. They even furlough. That doesn't mean they're not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, bash anyone who was furloughed there. I, I would know what I would love to see him. I would love to see him go to AEW. I love the AEW right yeah. now. I, and I know they're going to pick up a lot of Super Bowl stars, but in the end, every everyone every business in the world is struggling and they're handling it their own way whether it's right or wrong you know it's tough times yeah and um some of those names on that uh sheet from yesterday um Mm -hmm. were kind of surprising um kurt angle being one of them which he was not an active superstar but he was more of a behind the Mm -hmm. scenes kind of development guy um rusev was another one that was that really surprised me yeah. Uh, obviously he's had some issues in the last couple years with just booking and not really Vince, mm-hmm. not really knowing what to do with him and the fan, but being a, a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of surprising, but other than that, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there were a lot of names on that report and um, it's probably one of the, the largest lists of released superstars in probably like 10 years, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah, for it's sure. Been a while. Yeah. Well, well, the thing with being furloughed is they could bring you back. I guess when you're laid off, you I don't think you have that option. But yes, yeah, that's the difference fur- between being furloughed and being laid off. If yeah. you know, if you're laid off, there's no there's there's no turning back. Yeah. Um, if you're furloughed, there's a way back in. So that's basically well, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see we'll what happens when things normal. start to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, and then. Uh, uh, moving into the next topic, um, talking about NASCAR and, uh, it's not mm-hmm. something that we would normally talk about on, on the show, but, um, this is probably the, one of the biggest stories of the week. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, I mentioned this off air, but you know, I don't remember a NASCAR story this big, this, mm-hmm. like, this widespread in the sports world since Dale mm-hmm. Earnhardt died in that crash in Day- at Daytona in 2001. So it's probably been mm-hmm. 19 years since we've had something like right. this. And this well, is, I this is ask negative in a different as a, way. As a big NASCAR fan, do you think it's partly, does this story be is as big if there's more sports going on right now? Um, I'm just... I- I, I think it's like if we're talking about ESPN and we're talking about like the headlines on the side of the thing, on the side of the, of the webpage, I would say that it would be a top story, but I wouldn't oh, yeah. say that it would be the number one story in sports. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I, I, think it, I think in a normal with uh, the NBA playoffs starting and – the Stanley cup playoffs going on and baseball going in there. I would say that it mm-hmm. would probably still be a top five, top seven right. story, but this it wouldn't story, be number one, this was number one, but yeah. before, before we get into it, let's just explain what it is. Basically mm-hmm. Kyle Larson, um, 27 years old, uh, driver for, uh, Chip Ganassi racing, um, six wins in eight years, not great, but, um, 
he was one of the young guys that that people had going up in the sport and and being a, a key guy he was a hot shot in dirt uh dirt track racing but he really had a future um and he had some chances over the last couple of years to to really put his name on it and and have a chance to be really good and uh, this year was a contract year for him so he had one more season this season with cgr before he became a free agent and go pretty much anywhere he wanted jimmy johnson's retiring so he would have had a chance to go to hendrick next year and, and race in the 48 but um tuesday night i believe it was tuesday night um uh, they had an iRacing event virtual um, on Twitch, um, and uh, it was a hot mic moment for him. Um, basically, he got upset about I, I think he got upset about something that happened um, in, during the video game, and uh, he unleashed the the word of uh, that you're not supposed to say ever, and uh, that was mm-hmm. the N word, and um, and. Uh, everybody caught on to that and uh you know they called him out and uh and then it just and then the uh the everything started to hit the fan after that and that was uh he got Mm -hmm. suspended indefinitely from nascar he got suspended indefinitely from cgr his his ride he got uh he lost all of his major sponsorships mcdonald's credit one bank they all they all dissolved their relationship coca-cola family mm-hmm. kicked him out um and then we find out about four or five hours later that he was actually fired from his ride completely so in a span of about 24 hours the guy um uses a really bad racial slur gets completely suspended loses his ride loses his sponsors has no career now and this is all with him being quarantined in his house mm-hmm. um not even racing he didn't even like do anything on the track that would warrant this kind of offense. So the guy is completely blackballed and now mm-hmm. he's, he's gone. Um, obviously not a good thing to say, um, not a good thing to do, uh, especially yeah. in this world that we live in now, but mm-hmm. it's bad, man. It's really That's, bad. So with this, I, all right, as you were explaining it, I got the perfect analogy to describe what Kyle did. Have you ever heard the term Rome wasn't built in a day? You yes. Know, like it took a long time to build Rome. Mm-hmm. And it takes seconds, literally seconds to destroy it. Think about right. it. Yeah. You know, just like it would, you know, if there were, God forbid, there was a bomb, just saying hypothetically, seconds to destroy it. And that's what, when I look at Kyle, that's what he just did to his career. To get to that level of driving in NASCAR, took definitely years upon years upon years of work mm-hmm. just to have a word in his vocabulary that this is why I'm very upset. It was such a casual word. Like if you watch the video and how he says it, it's like a casual word in his, his vocabulary. Yeah. And there's no reason for it. Right. He just lost everything just yeah. for saying casual something. It's, it's a word it. and it's a word that should never, ever be uttered ever right um and like you hit it right you hit it right on the nail nail on the head paul like he the way he said it made it sound like it's a word that he uses often and that's not good um he might never have used it in public which is why you know he's still driving but 
the fact that, you know, people are like talking to him and maybe he's used it before and not said anything to him. And then he decided that he was just going to say it over, over, over a broadcast like this on a video Mm -hmm. game. Like Mm -hmm. that's not okay. And, and the other thing is he's got, he's got a young child too. So, you know, what is that, what's that saying about your dad? You know what I mean? You know, looking at the bigger picture too, I feel like NASCAR is a very big stereotype sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just with like, you know, people may look at a NASCAR event and have an idea of the people who, you know, you know what I'm saying. Right. And And I've been to NASCAR events. No, it doesn't help, but I've been to NASCAR events and the, what you're getting at is almost a hundred percent correct. Like, um, like, the people that you would see in a NASCAR event are like rednecks uh, to say, to say the least like that, 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 that's what you're getting at NASCAR events, but you know, it doesn't make what he said anything different. It makes it, it makes it 10 times worse in my opinion, just, and the sport of NASCAR doesn't deserve something like that. You know, like, yeah, well, and, and, and NASCAR itself right now is not doing great. It's not doing as good as it was 30 years ago. Right. Um, so having a driver like this that had a lot of promise in the sport and had a bright future do something like this to get himself into a position where his career is pretty much over at this point is really, really bad for the sport. Like mm-hmm. this, this completely derails anything that NASCAR wants yeah. to do. This is, uh, comp- it really puts a damper on their future right. as, as a sport um you know now i'm just wondering you know where do they go from here like does does kyle larson ever have a a chance to to you know apologize for his act i mean he he tried but does he ever have a chance to to get back into it i feel okay i'm not if he never gets a chance to do to drive again perfectly okay with that perfectly understand it do i think he'll get another chance i think so right just the way the world works, it depends. You know, like Ray Rice can go punch some girl in the face and then play in three games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and never we'll play see. again. Yeah, yeah. You know, or it all depends on how the sport's going to handle something like this. But right, do I think he should ever drive again? No. If I never saw it, I'm okay. Yeah. If he does, everyone deserves a second chance. No one's perfect. That word should never be in his vocab. That's like. Why should be, I'm okay if he never drives again? You, you know, so yeah, well, yeah. It's it's tough. Um, I mean, it's really not tough when you think about it. But for him, it's like this. It, it was a career render. It was a, probably the worst decision he's ever made in his entire yeah. life. Um, and I, I would assume that he will never say it again. Um, but I think there is precedent in this situation where another NASCAR driver, like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. less known as he is so it wasn't as i don't mm. i didn't even know what happened because right. it was like a guy that wasn't very good um mm-hmm. i think his name was like jeremy clements or something like that okay. a nascar driver he did the same thing said the same word in an interview and um got was i think he was fired from his ride and then a year later he was back driving with somebody else so right. i think the difference there is that he was not as well known as Kyle Larson mm-hmm. is mm. where So do you think that helps him or hurts him? Who Larson? Yeah. I think it hurts him completely. Um 
I think that because he has a bigger spotlight on him than other people right. might. Like if okay. if Jimmy Johnson came out and said that word, I like I don't know what would happen because he's a seven time champ and he's probably like one of the most well known NASCAR drivers ever. Mm-hmm. Um maybe he'd be able to recover from it quicker, but you know, mm-hmm. like I said before, like Kyle Larson had a promising future. But he didn't have. But what he didn't have is like he wasn't established enough for him to recover fast. Like he's right. he's a good driver, but he's not a great driver. He's not one of my the- thought process on on that. Were you giving me the story with the uh, driver who wasn't well known? Yeah. maybe the sport needs him. So it, yeah. It, so maybe that could like the president's already set that someone has done something like this and they were allowed back yeah. into the sport. Yeah. Even though they didn't have as big an impact as this Kyle Larson could potentially have. Well, well I'm interested in this story and. Yeah. We'll have to have get to back pause. into it once we find out more about it in the future. Mm-hmm. But you know, my last point on this is that, you know, we've seen in other sports where some people have made mistakes like Michael Vick and right with the dog fighting and obviously yeah. Atlanta had to make a decision with him to, to get, to release him. And mm-hmm. obviously he went to prison for it, but um, you know, he was brought back on another team that, you know, with the Eagles, they like, they knew that he had, he was still in his prime and he had a, he had a chance to be really good still. Um, mm-hmm. And they took that risk because of his talent on the field um, over the morality of it. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's the same thing is going to happen with Kyle Larson. I could see him being out of the sport for a year, but some smaller team um, that isn't as big as some of these other teams, like mm-hmm. Pensacola or, or Hendrick or um, Joe Gibbs or one of those, like I could see him going to a smaller team knowing that those teams know that he has talent. And right. they're, they're, they're willing to take that risk over – they, mm-hmm. they weigh the risk and the reward and his talent might be mm-hmm. more of a re- reward than a risk. Right. And it's all about, well, they just have to, the image is the part where. Yeah. You know. The image is the part there that would be hard to comprehend, but, but some, some people are just like, eh, screw the image. Like yeah. if he's going to oh, produce yeah. results, bring us championships, then then you know I, we don't care what happens. Like we'll bring yeah. them on. Look at the NFL; they're all, all they don't care. <laughs> they, yeah, but yeah, there's so many criminals in that league that just you know get a slap on the wrist and they're back in the game. You know, exactly. But maybe a smaller. I would see like maybe like a smaller team picks him up, like you said, and then like he re, he you know like reinvigorates his career and like you know yeah. wins Daytona wins you know. You know, you know more about NASCAR yeah. than me. Just, wins I'm the just, big races and wins championships. Like yeah, if yeah, he, yeah. he might, this actually might drive him. You know what I mean? I don't want to say what he did is is right or like it's definitely wrong, but we're this not. Might, this might condoning what he did whatsoever. No, not at all. But you know, the whole situation eventually might give him mm-hmm. um, some kind of motivation to nice. to get back into it. I'm. You know, I would advise teams to be careful about this. Obviously, he's going through counseling and stuff right now mm-hmm. with NASCAR, like mandatory, like um, mm-hmm. 
emotion like the the he has to do like a training course on you know ra- racism and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but right you know uh it's tough and it yeah. honestly this is it just surprised me that this i mean not didn't surprise me that it was this big of a topic but nascar doesn't get publicity like this very often mm-hmm. and um i'm sure that the france family is just pissed off that this was mm-hmm. the thing that ended up being uh putting nascar on the map for a week yeah um they probably wish that it was more sport uh nascar related and not this so yeah um kind of sucks for nascar but uh they i think cgr did the right thing of of, of releasing him um yeah, i agree to save them all the pain and uh, all the controversy <laughs> and um also, i know i'm not as big a nascar fan as you but i'm definitely interested to see what happens and follow his story and see yeah for sure it's gonna be interesting um and then just moving forward um dr anthony fauci uh the um the disease the infectious disease guy and that works for the white house um was interviewed the other day about um, the plan for sports moving forward. And I know we talked a little bit about it last week when we were talking about major league baseball's proposal um, to move the uh, season to Arizona, which hasn't gained any ground since then. So it leads me to believe that that's probably not going to happen, but um, he did an interview with Snapchat, uh, this Dr. Anthony Fetty, Fauci's everywhere right now. Everybody's interviewing him. He's like, I, I think there's I, I feel a new bad quote for the from dude. him every day. There's a right? new quote from him every day. I know he's doing his job, but the guy's, you know, he's old. And, yeah. you know, this is probably taking like 15 years off his life. So mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't even imagine, you know, him <laughs> being around for much longer because this is right. absolutely crazy. But uh, the way that he's been just, put through the put through the ringer on the topic of COVID-19 but um he did say that he could see sports returning soon um all across the the NBA the NHL mm-hmm. Major League Baseball um the PGA Tours is going to be starting up in June um and that's the plan for right now but the he he quote there's a quote of him saying uh, there's a way of doing that he said uh nobody comes to the stadium so basically no one's going to come to the stadium, no fans. Um, the uh, players will go to big hotels. Um, and then he said, wherever you want to play, keep them very well surveyed uh, and have them tested every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. Um, which is common sense That's- compared to like, it's basically what, what, you know, m- most people were thinking is was going to happen with the way the seasons mm-hmm. were going to get played out. But mm-hmm. you know, he's he's uh, he he he's saying basically no fans, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much what Major League Baseball said in in terms of having that controlled yeah. environment, um, but for all all sports. So uh, yeah, let me ask I you, think, what, what do you think? I think some, when you hear something like that, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I agree, how when sports do come back, like yeah. even before he said that, that's the way it's going to be. The large gatherings, that's the, that's going to be the hardest part of life we get back or the large gatherings. Cause that's when we're most going to be exposed to it basically. Mm-hmm. So I can word, I, you know, I've been reading 
we're at the curve, the peak of the curve. It's going to, you know, go down and down, hopefully. But for sports, you know, especially baseball, I feel like baseball is a very, like we talked about it last week, very social distance sport. Mm-hmm. As any, no other sport can be like that. Golf too, actually. So golf, I read today, golf should be back in June-ish. Also with events with no fans. I don't see a problem there. So it's, that's, that's something that's very promising with the country opening back up. And I think what people are reasoning realizing with this is how essential sports actually are with you know wwe getting named essential in florida yeah and president trump this whole time we got to get sports back got to get sports back they what's life without sports we found out and it's it stinks it stinks I, I, honestly paul i never would have imagined me like being a, a month without sports um you know, mm-hmm. we're getting through it. It's tough. Uh, but you know, I, when it, when this whole thing went down, I was like, eh, you know, how am I going to go without sports for, you know, a prolonged amount of time? I've gotten used to it now. Um, yeah. but that's only going to make sports coming back even better. So that's true. I, I'm excited for sports to come back, especially because once they do, um, and for me, like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be, even though I work uh, in sports at a university, mm-hmm. like even if professional sports come back in the next month, like college sports are over. Um, so um, like, I won't be working as much. I'll be able to watch more sports. Um, mm-hmm. Like I would love to spend the whole, every night right now watching baseball. Like that's what I want to be doing. Right. Um, but Is that I, what you're looking? Let's, let's, let's look forward a little bit. What okay. sport are you so baseball? You're what sports storylines are you most looking forward to when they eventually return? Sports storylines, like just in general, or for yeah, like you know, maybe you're looking forward mostly to baseball coming back, the NBA playoff. Like the storyline I'm most interested in is LeBron getting a title for Kobe. Hope yeah. I want the nba season back more than anything right now just just to see that that's my biggest line yeah um i would say i just want baseball back and you know there's storylines that come that come out of that um Mm -hmm. but you know i you know the i I think that if the nba and the nhl return um they'll Mm -hmm. start immediately in the playoffs so right. I could see that too. So for the NBA, oh. the NBA still had like a month left in the season when this whole thing went down. Um, but I could see them taking the top eight of each conference yeah, and being like, that. that's who, that's who was in the playoffs. Like, even though it's not fair, like they want to get that season done as soon as possible. Like feel, yeah, everyone I wants a champion. Everybody wants to have a chance to win a championship. Mm-hmm. They want the, they, I think at this point they just want the seasons to be over so that they can, um, you know, start preparing, start to get the league calendar back on track. And right. They don't want to start next year's NBA season in like January. So right. I, th- I think the plan is for them. To we'll have to, come yeah, I, I guess what it really comes down to is when the season will actually restart. Yeah. But the, I, you know what, the reason why the most disappointing part about baseball is yeah. not being able to go to games, honestly. That, yeah, and I think 
And I think that's in the back of my mind the most right now is that I want baseball back, but it's not going to be, not only is it not going to be the same to not go to games, but it's not going to be the same to watch games on TV yes. with no fans. Like the atmosphere. What's it's the fun not, in that? There's no fun. Yeah. I remember watching the Orioles game a couple of years ago where they had no fans in the crowd for that um, mm-hmm. shooting that went on in Baltimore and they punished oh, yeah. everybody by like playing in front of an, a, a, like no fans at all. And it was like the most eerie feeling ever. And it was like it I just remember that. Made the game not fun. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe I've, I've heard rumors about them pumping in crowd noise, artificial crowd noise, which I'd be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds, sounds like the Atlanta Falcon Stadium. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> that, and that was a controversy. But uh, this would not be. So Yeah, I guess um, we would have to have something like that. But what kind of artificial noise are we going to have? Are we going to have like – March Madness, Chris Jenkins, buzzer beater, or are we going to have like... I think it depends. I, I, I was listening to a podcast. It was actually John Boy, um, mm-hmm. his podcast, uh, the Yankee guy. He, he was doing a podcast oh, okay. the other night, uh, the, uh, the other week, and they mentioned, you know, having some... Hiring somebody to like engineer the crowd noise and like fix it like like a dj so like different for different moments like for a home run the crowd's going to react in a certain way Mm -hmm. for you know uh hit batter or uh you know the Mm -hmm. the crowd will do something else or maybe they'll boo them or Mm -hmm. you know whatever like there's different situations so i'm i'm curious to see what they end up doing for that but it's just you're right it's gonna suck because I would much rather go to a game than watch one on TV. Oh yeah, that's ba- and I would, baseball. And I, okay. I would kill. I would kill right now for some like ballpark food. So hey, here, I want you to give me this order now. Ready? Yeah. What are your top sports to go to live? Give me your top four. This is um, on preference. One is uh, one would be baseball. Okay. Um, two would be um division one college football okay so like i actually never been to a division one college football game not even like rutgers or anything like that no i refuse no why i haven't been to rutgers that's not real football but i refused for them to be my first game so that's my friend goes to florida right now so i'm hoping to see a game before he graduates okay yeah so i'm then i'll give you my opinion on that yeah, and that's like a whole other animal, like like yeah. uh, Florida, like SEC football, like that's mm-hmm. huge down there. Uh, obviously, I'm a Penn State fan, so right. um, going to Penn State football games are like ama- I, I haven't can been, only imagine. I haven't been in like three years, but they're a bundle of fun. Um, so I would say they're two. I would say the NBA is three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to an NFL game, so I would. Oh. So I've never been to an Eagles game, so I. I would put, probably put them three over the NBA, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can't put what them about, on my list. But. You know what my number – okay, baseball is two for me. Okay. For sure. Number one live is hockey. Okay. I think hockey is the best live sport. And I've been to a good amount. Then I would say football three, basketball four. Yeah. I need to go to – I need to go to a college football game real bad. That's – yeah, especially you saying that right like you, there. Just it's oh. like a hundred ten thousand people um, of That's your closest friends, we call it, and it's like an atmosphere unlike any other. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm into now. Like I've I've been to plenty of sporting events, so 
you know, if it's like a game for free, yeah, I'll go to it no matter what it is. But like right. the games I invest in now are the ones with the biggest atmosphere that I can gain. So for example, college football, number one, the atmosphere that I would experience there, I'm not going to experience anywhere. You know, like, yeah. I've like, I've experienced many jets hockey game, like hockey playoff hockey. I've seen like, yeah. a, I wanted to go to a big UFC fight this this weekend in brooklyn but that's ruined that would have been a good atmosphere mm-hmm. once the yankees uh game five against the astros that was that atmosphere is going to be tough to top anywhere yeah but i've been to philly's game yeah. i've been to philly's games when they were good so yeah. like um like so 2010 much was one of the best ones one of the best phillies games they ever been to and mm-hmm. um they were playing the Mets and Victorina hit a walk, uh, not a walk off, but he hit a grand slam. And it was like, yeah. it was amazing. Um, and I was like hugging strangers. Like <laughs> that's when, you know, an atmosphere is good. So, um, you know, it's, Aaron, it's was, fun. Uh, it's fun. Aaron, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Mine was uh, this past, the Yankees game was Aaron Hicks off the pole. Okay. Against the Astros. Mm, top five moment in my life. I've never so good. Yeah. So, and I, I actually went to the game sick. I had like I had bronchitis. I went to the game. You can't miss it though, you know. It's yeah, I like know. I you, know. you know, who cares if you're sick? Like you, you yeah. can't miss. It was a playoff I, game, so you can't you oh. can't miss that. See, this is. I hope this is fixed. But time, playoff baseball and like football. There's just yeah. too much I'm missing right now because of this virus. I'm so sick of it, man. <laughs> Hopefully it ends uh, sooner rather than later. Um, and then the final thing that we're just going to talk about before we get out of here tonight is um, um, just what are you doing right now to kind of, uh, you know, erase your troubles away? I know you're working, yeah. but is there anything yeah. that you want to tell people that you uh, are um, doing that helps you get through this uh, time that we're in? Um, I'm a huge video gamer. So right now, actually, me and my friends – Yep. We started a Madden franchise and we did a fantasy draft. Okay. Um, I'm currently 7 and 0 with the Denver Broncos. I have Russell Wilson, Saquon Barkley. Sweet. I've beaten five of my friends so far, 5 out of 8. The other three, they're going to get it too. Um but yeah, mostly video games. I'm watching The Office for the first time through. Okay. On season 9. Nice. So I guess the I I ride my bike, I go for runs, I play basketball. That's pretty much what i've been doing honestly nice what about you um i have been um i actually you inspired me um last week you mentioned we were talking about out of the park baseball i actually oh, nice. i actually brought it back out and um started a um did you get the new one uh no i did not get the new okay, one good but every year for some reason i buy it and then i only play it a couple times but this yeah. time i'm just sticking with the one i got yeah, I have 19. Um, so from I think I got two years I ago. Think 20, 20 is the last one. I, so last okay. year I got it. Yeah. This is game. I've got it like three times, I think, total. Like I think I had like, I think I had 16, I had 17, and then 19, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about getting 21 because I heard that there were some features on it that were pretty cool. But, um, but I was like, eh, what, you know it works yeah. and i don't really want to pay 39 dollars, whatever it is so um mm-hmm. it's a good game i'm um i am on i think year three or four with the minnesota twins i started nice. a rebuild um and i went from um having like 70 wins the first year to 
uh, at fourth place to being um, a wild card team the next year. And then actually the year that I was the wild card team, I made it all the way to the ALCS and then um, lost. And I, I was kind of building it in where I was trading away some prospects to get some like rental guys to, mm -hmm. because I knew I had a good team. So mm -hmm. it was like, but I wanted to get over the top and it didn't really pay off. I got, I traded for Mookie Betts and oh. Paul Goldschmidt nice. and they were really good and they got me to the ALCS and then I could only sign one of them back. Um, and then I had like 93 wins and lost mm -hmm. in the divisional series. And then I'm starting that fourth season. That game can crush you, man. It, once you know, it really is a crushing feeling with that game is when you get to the playoffs and you yeah. lose that final playoff game and you're like, damn. Yeah. I, it's crushing. You're like, I just went, th I went through all this work to build this team and this is what they do. Yeah. It sucks. I can only imagine what it's like in real life, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely 10 times worse. Oh, it's definitely 10 times worse. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm also um, watching some Netflix. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I know you're into, you were watching The Office and stuff like that. I, I'm watching, um, I'm into like chick flick stuff. So yeah, like really. romance, like that kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I got so like a soft watching? spot for that. Right now I'm watching uh, Heart of Dixie. It's a, mm. it's a show. It's, so I'm, I'm, I, like I've watched Friday night lights all the way through. I've watched mm -hmm. uh, one tree Hill and the OC. Mm. So it's like very, I heard good thing those. about Friday night's lights. And I know great a lot show. of people like one tree tree Hill. Yeah. It's great. All great shows. Um, it's, I don't, I, I feel like uh, as a, as a man, I'm, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I watch these shows, but um, I have a uh, fiance who also likes the same stuff that I do. So, um, you know, I, it's like a, it's like a, um, guilty pleasure, I would say that's how I'll, I'll put it. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that stuff and working and trying to get through it the best I can, but you know, trying to stay busy and, um, yeah. but yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, um, Paul, thanks for coming on, uh, yeah, for episode two, uh, you know, for those listening out there, uh, you can find us now on Spotify. Um, um, we're hosted on anchor FM, but also trying to get in onto some other streaming platforms as well. You can follow us on Twitter at back to work pod, uh, the number two for, uh, the two. So, uh, back to work pod on Twitter, uh, episode will be posted on Friday, the, uh, 17th. And then we'll be back next week for episode three. And we will discuss the NFL draft. As, very exciting times. Yeah, That's something exciting. to really look forward to. Yeah, so we'll discuss our picks for that. Um, who we who we think obviously uh, Joe Burrow is probably going to go number one, but after that we'll discuss who we think will go two through everything else. Um, so that will be coming up next week. Uh, but everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure, um, and uh, we're excited to um, bring you more coming forward. But um, but thanks for those that have listened already and be sure to share and follow us on Twitter. Um, but that's going to do it for tonight. 